All right, everybody. So welcome back to our second podcast. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, today we got a couple folks sitting around the microphone, and uh, just a little bit about us. You know, we're an indoor range up in Rural Hall, North Carolina. We do a lot of training. We're a gun store as well. My name is Chris. I'm the marketing guy up here. I get to stare at Excel and a bunch of podcast stuff, but nerdy uh, stuff. That's right. The and stuff I love doing. Play with inflatable Bronti. Yeah, it's still on the back of my truck, by the way. I'm glad you <laughs> said Bronti. I saw that the other day. <laughs> um, all right. So to my left, we have Kyle. This is Kyle. I'm one of the trainers here. This is Richard. I'm one of the trainers here. Great. And Joshua, one of the gunsmiths here. All right. And what is your favorite breakfast cereal? Kyle? Ooh. Pass. I know what mine is. Pumpkin um, flax. What? The pumpkin seed flax. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. I bet the wife <laughs> loves it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Does, does grits count? It is technically Grits serious. counts. I count I grits. grits. Grits? Oh, like, yeah. Like, like cheesy grits? You throw some shrimp in that? But like the you long You shrimp in grits. That's not cereal. Yeah, it is a cereal. Like oatmeal's <laughs> a cereal. <laughs> Cream of it's wheat. in the cereal aisle. <laughs> it's in the cereal aisle. Oh. And you can't put shrimp in Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> it's true. Quote wall. Quote wall. You yes. can't put shrimp in Cocoa now, Puffs. Now, it was more accessible when I, when I was growing up, but Count Chocula. Right now, Halloween's the only time you can buy it, but I love Count Chocula. Cocoa, Cocoa Pebbles. Pebbles is, yeah. So, <laughs> before we get serious about the podcast, let's talk about um, how much food you had to eat at the fair. A lot of it. In, in light of the fact that you love Count Chocula. Yes. And weren't you supposed to start a new eating regime? Yeah, it has kind of started, okay. but I have been told I have to eat what's still in the fridge. Oh, okay. So we're going off of that it's right now. Excuses. We should have done both before and after figures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We should have. <laughs> we should have done before and after cholesterol readings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had before. so many people tell me that I saved them a lot of time and money by telling them what was good at the fair. Doesn't yep. actually do me any good, but it helped. Did anyone ever try the lobster? <laughs> I went and talked to those guys. They did not have it. The guy said, I have no idea what that is. It's always been on there. But oh. we don't sell any lobster. I so. finally got the courage to go over there. <laughs> Man, could you ma- that would change the fair completely. Lobster, lobster tail! Yeah, it would. I, it's a legitimate. <laughs> turkey yeah. leg, yep. lobster tail. Anyway. All right, so uh, this time around, we're going to be talking about the North Carolina Concealed Carry as it... Uh, as it is today, today is October 17th in the year 2017. So if laws change tomorrow, you know, be mindful of what they are. But as of right now, as of the time of this recording, so uh, we'll start off with the instructors here. How long have you guys taught concealed carry? And what aspects of it? Like, do you not like teaching? What parts do you like teaching? How does that process kind of work around here? That sort of stuff. Go ahead, Richard. You've been teaching here longer than I have. I've been teaching here five years, the concealed carry. Um, and that's a lot of people considering who comes, how many people come through here. Um, <clears throat> I think my, my favorite part of teaching the concealed carry class is actually, it's going to sound kind of mean, but, but grabbing people by their misconceptions about CCH and then straightening them out. Yeah. You know, this this card does not say 007 anywhere on that card. This card does not say license to kill. There are very limited circumstances under which you can protect yourself with a firearm. And I just like to watch people's faces get madder and madder at me as I tell them, you know, you can't. And I tell them beforehand, I'm, you know, pre-warn them, you're going to be mad at me. But I like making sure they understand those differences because that's a critical thing to know. 
And so I don't ever want to skimp on that part of the class. Um, yeah, you mean I can't toot them. Exactly. Toot them. In my house, I'm going to toot them. Exactly. Um, I love that part, and, you know, I like it when people get it. Um, and I like to see people in class start that discussion, and then you get students talking to each other and things like that. I just want to start that conversation so it's, it's a part of their life when they leave class. I really enjoy that. All right, so I've been teaching it since 2006. Yeah. And uh, probably my most, what I enjoy the most is probably the gun handling part of it, the actual application training individuals. Uh, the shooting part. Shoot. The shooting shoot. part, yeah. Shoot. yeah. Shoot. But predominantly most folks um, give themselves more credit uh, than what they actually have in, in training. You know, they think they can handle their weapon, they can handle any situation that arises, and it's just not the case when you actually start yeah. seeing them train. That is one thing I see when you do some of your higher-level pistol classes and you take them out of the little bubble of shooting static paper and mm-hmm. they start to realize how horrible they are at it. And they're like, That's oh, right. changing a magazine in the dark? I don't know how to do that. Or they'll just fumble a lot. Yep. yep. So what are the current laws right now in North Carolina in uh, obtaining... Sorry, I had what? something we don't like. Oh, yeah, something you don't like. Sorry, I'm skipping over questions, uh, man. Something you don't like. I was going to put down, actually, my, my least favorite thing is when someone's taking a CCH somewhere, somewhere else, and they come in and they say, hey, I've got my concealed carry permit. Can you teach me how to use my gun? Yes. That's a problem. Yep. Yes. Which leads into, That's a problem. what are the requirements for getting your concealed carry in North Carolina, Richard? Yeah, there is a shooting test, and you have to pass it. And if you've had it, you know it's not a hard shooting test. But and there's a written test, too. And, but people fail it, but we catch them. But for someone to get their concealed carry and come into our store and say, I need you to teach me how to use my gun, um, you know, that's yeah. that ain't good. That, that means Bubba's out there teaching the class. And, well, and, and like the concealed yeah. carry class I took, the guy was, you know, he's always at gun shows. He's retired law enforcement. I don't need to give names out, but um, it John seemed Smith. legit. And mm, I hate that guy. I went through it, and he pretty much loaded a 22 pistol. I'd already was comfortable shooting and had my own gun with me, but you know my girlfriend took it with me. Loaded the gun, had her put her hand out, put it in her hand, pointed the target, and essentially had her depress the trigger, you know, while it was being pointed in that direction. Took it from her hand, loaded it, put it back, and you know, at no point was there any sort of firearms training, short of, and the whole class only took four hours when this. When it's Legally an eight-hour class, to be eight hours. mandated by the state. So what does the state right. say that you have to do to get your CCH? Like, what are, what, when you go to the sheriff's department, what are they looking for? Uh, when you go to the sheriff's office, they're looking to see that you have completed an approved, state-approved course, which includes eight hours of training. You have so many hours in legal issues, four hours, so much time on the range, so many rounds fired, passing a written exam, and they may even have you do a questionnaire certain counties will ask you to fill out a do's and don'ts of concealed carry so you really got to be on your toes and they're really just back checking to make sure your instructor is legit and make sure you're you've done everything you're supposed to yeah and and to be honest i shoot more rounds than the state requires um and people still have a problem with that it's still an easy shooting yeah you know, well, and even if you can ace that proficiency test doesn't necessarily mean that you're in any way capable of safely operating a firearm Correct. under general purposes, little yep. stress. Correct. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure any <laughs> No! <laughs> really? Well, I feel like a lot of people, they get that certification, like, oh, I'm a certified concealed carry, the, you know, I'm at, like, this state shooting proficiency level. It is set to be very inclusive, so, like, Ethel can have her 44 mag on her hip when she's working <laughs> the gas station. You know, it's, it's set to be attainable. Um, the, the shooting qual should in my mind, be about tenfold the difficulty that it is right now. And think and about annual. this. In 2000, there were 44,000 concealed carry permits in North Carolina. What do you think they are up to this year? Oh. 606,000. Wow. From, from 40 to 606,000. That's crazy. I we, really want to think people are trained out there when they're carrying guns, especially yeah. if there's 600,000 of them out there. Yeah. Well, we had, I mean, the questions we got at the fair were like, we'd be like, well, we offer a lot of classes, everything from intro to advanced. And the first thing that people say is, well, I already have my concealed carry. And you're like, great. So that's a good starting point. <laughs> that just means like 40 rounds on a piece of paper. Yeah. Like that's nothing of actual training. At, right. Ever. And people think that little index card size piece of paper is all they ever need. Well, and it's weird because you, know, you have people come in all the time and that they feel proficient with something, but they'll have a malfunction that's really basic and have to come and get me out of gunsmithing or, you know, <laughs> I'll start yeah, people looking down the barrel. Um, or I'll have, you know, I'll be showing somebody something and reel the target all the way in them and have them shoot from defensive retention like you'll generally have them shoot. Yeah. And they have no idea. It's like, you know, to shoot a target that's actually a foot from your face, they have no idea how to do it because they were trained for it. But more likely than not, that's when they're going to use it. Yeah. Uh, so my next question that I have down here, which, by the way, i got to thank John for a lot of the questions on Facebook. He put a lot of these out there. So uh, does everyone pass the class? Absolutely Shaking not. your head doesn't count. Nobody can see. Oh, I see. thought we had video. We too. do. Well, that. Oh, yeah. We are live on Facebook. So if you're not a fan of our Facebook page, no. yeah, please join it. Or the insider group that we have. Um, if you like talking to us about random things, join our little insider group. It's a lot of fun. But sorry, Richard, you were shaking your head. No, not everybody passes. And I've had them for a variety of reasons. I had a guy. Uh, I had to actually. He did pass eventually, but he couldn't read. So he couldn't take the test. So mm -hmm. I had to find out if it was okay to have somebody be his, you know, kind of like you do on a 4473. Mm -hmm. um, read for him and record his responses and, you know, is that okay? They need to be able to read the, the material. Does the person to, have to have power of attorney to do that? Uh, I don't think, no. You just have to have a witness. Gotcha. But, no, not everybody passes. If what you I've, can't, I've told people you're going to have to come back later. Like I've stopped them in the middle of the qualification process yeah. and said, you're not going to pass. You need to schedule a, a training session and come back because. Well, you know about 11 rounds in. Yeah. I mean, you'll if know. If they can't hit the target at yeah, three yards. You're done. You're done. If you're shooting yeah. the blue line. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> shoot the blue line. Raise the gun. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. So. Well, all right. So my next one is, should everyone have it? Should everyone have a concealed carry? Absolutely not. Okay. No. No. Okay. It's a, it's a matter of capability, but more than that is do you really know what authorizes the use of daily force? Mm -hmm. um, most folks, like Josh said and alluded to earlier, just shoot them. You know, you can't shoot. just shoot somebody for because they kicked your dog or whatever. you you got to know when you can and can't shoot someone, and there's a big gap in what 
you hear the conversations in the concealed carry about you shoot someone, you drag them in the house. I tell them <laughs> yeah. that could be further, no That's, further than the truth. And, yep. You know, there's so many misconceptions. So I, I he was stealing my car. It's like you know, you, you can't shoot him for that. <laughs> But he was stealing my car. And if any of these things that we're bringing up that we're kind of joking about and you've thought, like, I can't do that, we do have a refresher class for you. Give us a call. I mean, check out our website. We will help you out. We'll answer some questions for you just to clarify some things. I think even before that, someone has to ask themselves the question. That's what Masada Ayub called it, the question. Could I actually use a firearm to defend myself against another person? Mm -hmm. Because that's a serious question. Could I actually use this firearm on another human being. And I think a lot of people say, oh, yeah, and don't really think about the implications um, after the fact. You know, you're going to have to deal with a lot of emotional and and just in-your-brain um, kind of problems. Mm-hmm. So, One, I think a lot of people have it in their head that they will have a gun and that will be the scarecrow and that's why they want a gun. Yeah. And it's, you know, if, if you're not ready to use it, what that could very well be is, hey, Richard kicks in my door, I pull out a gun. Richard also has a gun and now he's pulled out his gun and you're escalating the situation. So if you're not capable of using it and willing, you're probably better off not escalating it to that point. Right. And we have folks that never, I mean, they'll take the class, which is good information. I think everybody should know that info. But then, you know, you don't have to turn it into the sheriff's department, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have people in my class decide they're not going to turn it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, anybody with a Louisville slugger sits beside their bed needs to know laws on lethal force. It's not just gun people. It's anybody. If, If you're not a conscientious objector towards, you know, defending yourself and other people, then you need to know the laws on lethal force, regardless. So one thing we also have heard a lot of lately is current legislation in North Carolina. uh, And we get a lot of misinformation. People think that stuff has passed when it hasn't or hasn't passed. Or So what's some of the stuff that you guys are hearing? What is the current legislation that's basically at the North Carolina Senate now, I believe? Who who remembers Schoolhouse Rock? How does does a bill become a law? (laughs) I'm just a bill. (laughs) Sitting up here on Capitol Hill. Hill. Exactly. Three readings in the House, right? Three votes, three readings in the Senate, and then it goes to the governor to be signed into a law. And it's made it through the House, but without, uh, there were six Republicans that voted against it. Um, And it's now first reading in the Senate. So it's got two more readings in the Senate, and then they send it to the governor. And I was actually doing some research on that. And and so I saw a tweet from Roy Cooper himself that said the law was, he thought the law was troubling. And then I read a a news. What is the law? What what is it that we're talking about? Oh, House Bill 746. Okay. Which says what? Constitutional carry. Constitutional carry. Okay. Which means what would change about the way that our current system is done? Because right now, in order to conceal carry, you need a pistol. I'm sorry, you need a concealed carry permit. But to have open to be carry, okay, you have to be 21. Have a concealed carry permit. But to open carry, what's 18, 18. to 20? 18 on. On right. Yeah. yeah. So then the new legislation that's been proposed would do what to that system? You want to tackle whatever you want. Go ahead. Um, it would actually lower the age for concealed carry to 18, um, which. You know, I'll, I'll try not to comment on it. I'll just say it lowers the age to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it a, a, the way I was reading it and what I've seen is it makes it voluntary for the sheriff to request uh, any sort of mental records where, as it reads right now, it's required um, for the sheriff to get those reports before issuing the permit. This would make it voluntary for the sheriff department. 
and well, again, I'm not going to comment. So um, that's just the law. And it states within the confines of the state, anyone 18 or older would then not need a concealed carry permit to carry concealed. You would still need a permit to carry um, in other states for reciprocity and things like that, but um, mm -hmm. it, it removes that requirement for in-state concealed carry. So you're saying basically the mandatory instruction and the mandatory shooting exam would most likely go away if you wanted to conceal carry in North Carolina. Yeah, those go away too. Okay. They, their alternative for that is to establish an elective firearms course at the high school level. Okay. And they don't have the program. They just said, oh, we need this program in, in the bill. We need to develop this program and offer it at a high school level. But they're going to do away with any sort of requirement for learning the laws governing the use of deadly force or learning where you can and can't carry which is what people need, I mean. Yeah. I was trying not to comment on what I thought about it just to give yeah, the Yeah, I think facts. it's a horrible idea. So do I. <laughs> I'll comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so, um, so is it a law right now? No. Okay. No. That's one thing I heard a lot of at the, when. well, so yeah. we set up a booth at the Dixie Classic Fair here in Winston, and we have a big banner that says, Firearm Questions Answered Here. I had more people than I can count come up and say, What's that new concealed carry law that just got passed? And as of today, it's not a law. The yeah. same rules that, that were in place for years are still the same laws that are in place today. Well, and what people and, seem to think is you don't need a permit to conceal carry anymore. And I've talked to people who think it has already passed and I do not need a concealed carry permit to conceal carry anymore. And that's a, a dangerous thing to think. It'll land you a lot of trouble, you yeah. know, by thinking some law has passed and now you're operating under what you think the new operating system yeah. is and it's not. Yeah, And you yeah, will get arrested. Yeah, there's, there's a law that says ignorance of the law is not protection from the law. Correct. So if you're operating under that misconception, you still get charged for that. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> Would you arrest him, Kyle, on that one? I have arrested him, yes. I feel yep. like Kyle was visualizing jerking some kid out of the car. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> is that a firearm under that jacket? Yeah, yep. but it's not a good idea. It is a, from every aspect, uh, the training in, no knowledge of good solid knowledge about the legal aspects or the ramifications of when you shoot to being a law enforcement nightmare. Um, and it's my understanding, maybe Richard can clear this up, but I don't think that the um, constitutional carry would allow them to carry in all the areas that an actual structured uh, concealed carry course would Correct. allow them to carry. So there's gonna be, you're going to be restricted. Like you Quite couldn't go into any any establishment where alcoholic beverages were sold or consumed. Yeah. Even if they allowed. Even if they had okay. constitutional. If they weren't carry. posted. Correct. Okay. If they weren't posted, you still have to have a concealed carry permit to do that. Okay. So. And places that charge admission to. Yeah, thing. places that charge yeah. admission. Movie theaters and other things like mm -hmm. that. If they're not already posted. Correct. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, so that kind of it breaks into that question I had. You know, is it good, bad? Does that make a difference? So you guys, I think we're all kind of in agreement on that bad. front because we, we see it from a different light. I think, right? We see a lot of folks come in and shoot on the range, and I think that that makes a big difference. Yeah, because I would have had a different opinion pre-working in the industry mm -hmm. because you you kind of look through it in your little fishbowl of well, me and the guys I shoot with and the people I know and the town I'm in. You're not looking at it as all of North Carolina. You're not looking at it necessarily over as broad of a brushstroke. And mm -hmm. having worked here has really made me realize how incapable most people are of um, both understanding the laws and operating a firearm with the current standard. So reducing that standard, to me, is really a bad idea. Yeah, and current, current law requires criminal history check, 
a mental history check, which is mandatory. And the sheriff has the, you know, he can not issue or shall issue. They mm-hmm. have the decision to say, hey, this guy had this offense yeah. back, you know, 1985. It's not one of those offenses that would forbid him from getting concealed carry, but the sheriff could say, I just don't feel good about this yeah. and yep. cut it off. Well, a lot of times they'll know the colorful people in their town, and maybe they haven't done something, but maybe they've been watching them. I've, I've talked to one person that would they wouldn't give him a permit, um, and from my conversation with them, it seemed logical. Mm-hmm. That's and, another thing I noticed in the bills. It goes to a 90-day. Wow. Really? So, yeah. Hmm. Sneaking that one in. Well, they're behind anyway. So. Yeah, and they would have a huge influx. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. So but Now, I did read a News and Observer piece where they quoted the governor as saying he, would, he has suggested that he's going to veto it. Um, if it comes, if it makes it to his desk, um, and the deal there is there's not enough votes to override it if he does veto it. So gotcha. that was in that was in the News and Observer. Um, so for yeah. what it's worth, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Yeah. That's been what I've been. Hearing. I think the biggest thing for us that we've been struggling with is just trying to overcome some of that misinformation where their buddy says, "Man, that new concealed carry law that passed." You know, I think that's probably been our biggest struggle here at the shop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we are all advocates of the Second Amendment, obviously. Mm-hmm. We love shooting, carrying guns, and protecting ourselves and families. But this is this just not a good idea. Um, giving someone the, the liberty just to carry just because they're old enough is not good enough, in my opinion. But uh, And they changed language, too, to read currently diagnosed and ongoing mental ongoing. disorder as defined by the most recent version of that. Whatever the DSM, yeah, five DCM five, or yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, when I read that, you know, is bulimia, you know, there all is some kind of sleep disorder diagnosed in that. They could say, well, if you have an insomnia, you're not you're not getting a concealed carry. It's not a mental health expert. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that book is huge. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you know, it can be anything. I have an irrational fear of dust mites. That wouldn't surprise me, but you do work here, and there. Um, no, I'm just saying, if I have a diagnosed and ongoing uh, issue, you know, phobia of whatever spiders. It would depend on whether or not you would discharge your firearm in the event. Just mine, I know at least one person, and you know who you are. You're probably not listening right now, but who would totally shoot a spider if it was in her house? So actually, two. So. Them wolf spiders now, man. I don't know about you guys, but my Huge. garage breeds wolf spiders that are like this big. Yeah, man, they are. They need shot. Well, that, that uh, uh, bug assault thing that who was yes. it, Paul had or, or Tom. Uh, Tom had, that thing is amazing. So leading on to the next one, what is your concealed carry choice? What is it that you guys conceal carry? What's like, uh, some of you guys might have different seasons that you change your firearm. That's cool too. Um, Kyle, what is it that you typically carry? I typically carry double stack brand, not specific. I do like 40 caliber, but I like a double stack. Uh, subcompact for sure. Either a Glock 27 or uh, XDM, mm-hmm. typically. Does it change in the summer or the winter? Uh, sometimes in the summer, I'll go to uh, like a single stack, like a Shield, it's, uh, or um, an XDS, just because I can drive with it and not have to take it out because it hurts my back, kind of thing. Gotcha. Do you guys see that um, thing about like everyone's super excited about pumpkin spice latte, and the only thing I'm excited about is how easy it is to conceal carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, maybe they'll come out with a pumpkin spice Glock since they've been doing all the other three <laughs> right. colors. We got purple. You have your yeah, red coat now, man. It's yeah. easier to 
Especially yeah. with the fair food. You've got I know. <laughs> You're telling me, man. Yeah. You, you've already got a, um, we'll call it a Uncle Chris's um, <laughs> sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, MMP9 compact, usually. Yep. And then, I, you know, I may have a couple of different... Like, I've got a church gun that's smaller, so... <laughs> For your Sunday breeches. Yeah, my throat. For out. the slacks. Yeah. Yeah. And then my my neck... So, I carry a, a SIG 938. Um, pretty much Sometimes. Like, Sometimes. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the general public. But my next question is, why doesn't Josh conceal carry? It's literally on my sheet. I figured we'd get around well, to you on this. I have a concealed carry permit, and I keep it valid. Um, and, I mean, in, like, the winter months or, you know, if it was cold or if my shirt was unbuttoned, I might let it hang over it. But I, I will tend to open carry if I feel the need in the area I'm in to, to do so, assuming I look decent at the time because I'm, you know, 20-something, beard, and if I've been, like, wearing my climbing boots and just got out of a tree and have sawdust and looked disgruntled, I'm not going to open carry because I don't feel like I'm the kind of person that's going to be a good ambassador of Second Amendment rights. But if I'm wearing a button-up shirt and I look decent, you know, because I'm generally pretty pleasant. I mean, not to you guys, cause, but to, <laughs> to the general people, public I'm outside of work, I'm yeah, nice to people. <laughs> I'm generally pretty pleasant. So, you know, I feel like I'm the kind of person that you might walk into a Walgreens and, hey, how's it going? You know, and it's like, oh, that guy has a gun. And maybe, you know, you I find, feel like that's a right if we do don't Do you find yourself being nicer? Oh, always. When you I, I will generally slide further to the rear, so the first thing they notice is Smiley Josh, not Glock 17. <laughs> um, Who in this room has ever seen Josh smile? I, I've seen Josh smile a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's I do it when something misfortunate happens to others. <laughs> Still, Richard. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's just something. And I, one of the things I've always said when people are like, you don't conceal carry? Because they'll ask me what kind of concealed carry you're going to have. I've always had this theory that at my current point in life, I don't look like I have any money. What $20 I might look like I would have, I look like I'd probably scrap over. I mean, really, I, I just I feel like I can walk in downtown in the middle of the night with a cup of coffee and be completely left alone. I'd probably outrun yeah. most people. And well, I carry you got, a, you got the motorized bikes. Yeah. So. And I carry my Fox Karambit around, you know, in case I need to go can opener on somebody. So I just don't conceal carry often. Oh, oh man. I think when they look at Josh, they assume he has a gun anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the way I've always figured it. Yeah, you look you're like or an axe. I'm like you're a cop. I don't know. He talks about food. Mm-hmm. So no, What'd definitely nice has a gun. <laughs> if you pulled me over, not knowing me. Would you be more concerned about me than, like, Richard? Because I feel like that's one of those things you have to be aware of when you're going around, you know. So you profile people, right? You're a cop, right? Yeah, he would search your <laughs> <her> car. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Good answer. Nope. Um, so as far as, uh, we had a couple questions from Facebook. Uh, Lynn uh, asked, how are businesses supposed to mark themselves? So she has her concealed carry, but she finds herself always trying to like find the one little postage stamp yeah. size thing that says hey we don't allow guns in here and I don't and know about you guys hide them a lot of times like, or they only put them on certain entrances they're like, coming up to the front door and looking crazy because like your hands on the door and you're about to open you're like is there one look around left right do you guys do that too you hear my oh, chair squeak yeah. yeah I call it pulling my stupid face because I'll stand out there and they're not going to see this but I'm just like <laughs> 
Uh, where is it? And you're searching for it. Yeah. And people will come by and bless his heart. You're just standing <laughs> there catching rain in your mouth. Catching flies in it, man. That's just it. If you don't see it readily, which the law says, it's not conspicuous. It's, it's not readily noticeable. Which, if you were to hypothetically be the kind of person that worked the system, not that I would professionally advise it, if there's a place you go all the time that's posted on one entrance and not on another, so then if you were to use the non-posted entrance, you could potentially be exempt from that, technically. I wouldn't advise it, but... You could argue they weren't properly posted. Mm -hmm. My issue is this, you know, people, well... Don't want to start a big, open a big can of worms, but people are like, we need, we need common sense gun laws. And then they, they have bad gun laws bundled with good gun laws. And, and instead of passing, you know, the laws that everybody can agree on, they put it in this poison bundle and then nothing gets passed because yep. they tried to pass legislation in North Carolina where the sign had to be between 40 and 60 inches off the ground. It had to have one inch all caps letters and there had to be a... A pictogram on the sign mm-hmm. with so like that the GS 111. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone would know it's going to be in this little yeah. area for me to look, and they didn't pass it because it was attached to other legislation that people couldn't agree on. Right. You ever see the ones and you're like, man, those guys must just really not like Berettas because all it is is like a Beretta 92 yeah, with the cross right. through it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of businesses were bucking that because it was going to be money out of their pocket to have this sign created. So but all they do like is create pedaling. confusion. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, that's the issue. It would be nice to have uniformity. Okay, well, some states require the correct it, right? Sign and, yeah, yeah but some. it's up to the state. Yeah. Well, and even if it was just like a discrete symbol, it wouldn't necessarily... I imagine a lot of people didn't want it just because it could affect their ambiance. But. but I've had one business that I actually told them they were improperly posted because they were posted inside the business, mm. and I was already inside the business breaking the law, and there were two once the same police officer standing behind me. So I was like, can I see the manager, please? And the manager came out and said, hey, I just want to talk to you about this because this is not proper. And they actually fixed it, so I ruined it for everybody else. Oh, Thanks, good. Richard. Thanks, Sorry. Richard. Wow. But it was more important well, to me that it, it be a legal posting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one I got for you is management of everyday carry when you have to enter gun-free zones every day. So uh, Ryan, who actually asked this, uh, I have kids in daycare. I enter exit educational facility twice a day. Um, it's kind of a sticky wicket because I think, you know, growing or have kids, you know, if we're on school property, as you guys as instructors, what do you guys typically teach in concealed carry surrounding that sort of stuff? Well, the law covers it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It used to be absolute zero right. uh, on school property, and that is the case for people that have no concealed carry Correct. Uh, permit. But uh, there is exceptions, and um, there have they have adjusted that law, too, this past year to where if you are in the process of accepting or discharging a student you can have your firearm not only you know locked in a container inside the vehicle or on your body um, as long as you don't get out of the vehicle with the firearm you're good to go so if you're going to a football game on a friday night you can't get out with it you have to lock it in the vehicle um, in the parking lot but that's only if you have a concealed carry so that's another one of those things that the constitutional carry would not allow you or if you don't have concealed carry to absolutely not and it's important to note for people that might be listening out of the north carolina area we're specifically speaking on north carolina i was going to say some states specifically designate daycare areas and so my you know i would be curious to know whether or not north carolina defines a daycare as an educational facility it might just be a private business yeah it could be like a church daycare well, and some states, some some states like South Carolina specifically precludes anyone from carrying into any place of worship. 
you know, and and so one of the common sense laws they're trying to do is is clear up the distinction between, you know, when a school is being used as a church, and when a church is being used as a school, how do the laws apply to that situation? I think that would be some common sense. Uh, hey, let's clarify this yeah. for everybody. But it's not going to pass because it's tied to this other bad legislation that's not going to pass. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yep. Uh, Rex asked, uh, any insurance available for persons that carry? I, I mean, you guys, we kind of have a little system that we support here. Wasn't sure if anybody kind of wanted to like touch base on kind of what that is, what that offers, and what that looks like. You guys have sat through that probably more times than I have. Uh, let me preface that with I don't like the idea of having um, liability insurance for gun ownership. That's just, you know, everybody picks something to be weird about. <clears throat> I don't think that's a good just idea. Just one, Richard? Yeah, well. Well, mm, we got to talk later. Things. Yeah. But um, I think that's kind of a backdoor to some kind of uh, control. So insurance is one thing. But if we're talking about, like, U.S. Law Shield. Yeah, know, I think that's kind of what he was after is U.S. Law Shield. Yeah. Or. Sort of information. Or that uh, USA Carry Guard or USCCA, mm-hmm. some type of program that gives you uh, some type of legal defense if you do have to defend yourself. And you mentioned the one we use is U.S. Law Shield. Um, one of the things I really like about that, there's a couple things. One, it's any any legal weapon. So as long as... It Josh can, uses his Koran, but... Yeah, or, or a Louisville Slugger or a frying pan or a rock or anything you happen to find just in the course of defending yourself... Um, you're afforded that legal protection. I like the idea that there's no cap and on the the amount of coverage, and I like the fact that they help you with um, any criminal or civil suit. Yeah. And I like having a number you can call 24-7. Yeah, because yeah, they'll do, like, um, advice, legal, counsel. Um, that's, that's part of what you're paying for, so you can call them and, you know, ask them questions. Like yeah, that. like if you're going into a different state, what are the different yeah. laws? Uh, so you guys have an app that you guys... Uh, out in class, right? Or at least uh, tell people about, right? Which is? Legal Heat. Yep. And what is that? I mean, I think it's like one or two bucks. No, it's free for Apple is users it? and it's a buck for Droids. Oh, I then I totally I totally got it when I was on Droid then because yeah. I had to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> legal Heat will give you at your fingertips information when you're traveling, you know, reciprocity, to what degree they honor our permit and so on and so forth. Yeah, really because yeah, if you're getting on forums and stuff, you, you're gonna really going to have to trust your information and check the timestamp because stuff like that changes all the time. Yeah. Um, so that being constantly updated is usually what I refer people to. Yeah. But the uh, to note as well for the Law Shield, we actually have a guy here that does that. So if you're interested in it, um, he can help you get set up and give you yeah. good information. Give us a call and talk to you about it. I mean, if you if you have questions about it, yeah. you know, because it sounds I've sat through his uh, spiel a couple of times. I've got it um, as an employee as part of the, the setup, but um, it seems very affordable and yeah, like a good idea. Yeah, so is, it, it's an option that's out there. Yeah, and there is it's just like taxes and death. There are some certainties with being involved in a lethal force encounter, whether you use your your handgun or your knife. There is going to be an investigation. Um, after investigating several incidents of shootings or assault with a deadly weapon, certain things are going to happen. And, um, you know, things are going to be confiscated as evidence, and you are going to be questioned. So you need to be thinking about things hypothetically. So if something happens, you, you need to expect certain things, and that is you are going to be questioned 
or possibly interrogated if you used excessive force, you did something outside the law, you may find yourself in custody and you may even need to think about now uh, what the ramification is going to be. Do I need counsel, legal counsel, and uh, so on and so forth? So it's going to be very serious and it's going to be long and drawn out. It's not going to be overnight. We're talking about months here. Yeah, and if you have a pistol or shotgun for your wife at the house, even, you know, you can get a family set up and cover both yeah, of you. Yeah, it's very good. That brings up good. the question, why shouldn't I spend $1,500 on my self-defense firearm? <laughs> You're talking S- about- <laughs> SBI gets it for like a year, right? You yeah. have to ask for it back and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things uh, like that. All right, uh, question again. This is one of our last questions here from Ryan. Uh, just a question about dealing with coworkers or family who may eventually notice that you're carrying and may not be supportive of you carrying. Uh, do you say something preemptively? Like, have you guys ever been in any of those situations? Tell them it's a colostomy bag. They won't want to see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why isn't Josh on the podcast anymore? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this bulge is a gun. Is that what you're saying, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think with your family, 100%, it should be... A conversation, because if, if they're not happy with a gun in the in the home, you know, to me that speaks to safety issues. I, I tell people if a gun's in the house, everybody needs to know about safety and all that sort of things. Mm-hmm. So, but coworkers, I mean, the whole concept of concealed is no one knows you have it till you need it. Yeah, and if people are noticing it, you're probably not doing a very good job. Right. I would also say check with your employer to make sure you didn't sign away your right to carry concealed at work. Yeah, that's a lot of times in somebody's employee handbook that nobody reads towards the back somewhere hidden in one single line of text. No firearms allowed on the premises. Yep. Yeah. No. Not or even at any car. time we can search your locker or your vehicle. Yep. Those are the kind of things yeah, that you... There are some big employers here in town that have a no firearms on the property yeah. one. Yeah. And so we've had folks wanting to take a class and the class has started by like 4 p.m. or so for some of them. And they're like, I got to go home and get it because I just can't come right from work. Can't have it on property. Lowe's, Haynes. Yep. So definitely. I know of so sure. just something to keep in mind. I mean, yeah. it really is. Be mindful of your employer and your situation. And, yeah. and that's something I've never really had to think about per, per my employment and just, you know, living in the Bible Belt and people are generally cool with it. Um, I've never had a family member. I've even never had that thought. Oh, uh, even in, even in the church situation, you know, that's one reason I opted for a smaller gun for church because some people tend to get more physical at church. So if, if somebody's hugging you, you know, I had that happen with my dad actually. He's like, "Oh, what's that?" I'm like, "Oh, that's my gun." He's like, "Oh, oh, oh, good to know." <laughs> you know, thanks, son. Have a seat in the first row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's something to think about. You can yeah. limit that exposure. Uh, well, that's all the questions I have kind of written up for concealed carry for North Carolina. Anything crazy that you guys have experienced in class or questions that always kind of come up on the back of your mind? How many things did you just filter out? <laughs> yeah, I know. Moments? You I guys should have seen Richard's face of the, oh, man. No, 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 no. That's the funniest one when, when you're a low ratty. Yeah, pumping rounds into the floor. Yes. Yeah. Is that where you, you tell everyone, okay, I want your pistol at low ready, and they don't know what that is, and they're like the the blue line, point your pistol at the blue line, and they're like, okay, all right, now, shooter, stand by. Oh yeah, and you've gone through it in the classroom. I, it's the yeah. same thing every time we do a an actual event. <laughs> and it's like, and the target's here, and you know they're at low ready. Shooter, stand by. Fire! Boom! <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're supposed to put them in the silhouette. Yeah. Somewhere on the paper. On the paper. <laughs> but good you, shot. You did hit the blue <laughs> You hit the blue line. That was good. Yeah, now, now I just tell them, don't shoot my floor. Shoot the target. 
<laughs> breathe in, breathe out. Continue that process as I teach this class. Oh, Lord. Well, guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us for the duration of this podcast. Um, if you have questions, leave them in the comments, either on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you leave us a rating, preferably five stars. <laughs> Fishing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, leave us a comment, uh, a rating, and I'll read it out next time we do one. If you have questions, you can always check us out on the website, ProShotsRange.com, or call us and just ask for Richard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you want Richard's email address, it's richard.talbert at ProShotsRange.com. Or his cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I guys. was going to say. Thank you, guys. If you have any questions, let us know. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Have a good day.